Welcome back to another edition of Wrestling is Trash, a nonsensical wrestling talk podcast where we talk about wrestling. Duh, I just said it. It's in the title. So we talk about wrestling past, present, and possibly the future. A um, couple of production notes before we get started proper. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Wrestling Be Trash. And um, also you can follow on Instagram at Wrestling Is Trash. You can be a part of the show by submitting your questions for us to answer or me to answer. It depends on who's the show. I say us because it's ours, baby. It's ours show. It's our show. So you can um, submit questions via email at mail at wrestlingistrash.com. Um, and you can do it on Twitter and Instagram, as I said before, using the hashtag wit talk. That's W I T T A L K. And hell, if you want to get fancy and shit and call in and use your voice to be a part of the show, you can do so at 304-825-5762. All right. We got another special edition of Wrestling is Trash. Um, we're going to break down uh, top fives in wrestling theme music. And with me on this edition, I have returning guests, King Ajar and Nick Anacelli, how you doing, gentlemen? Doing good, doing good. Yeah, it's party time up in this thing. So, um, from what I understand, y'all just been meticulously picking um your favorite theme songs and everything, and plotting and putting them in specific orders as you like them. But um, when we start before we started recording proper, like y'all was having like a little issue with uh actually trying to narrow down your five out of the ones that you uh, picked up. Super hard, yeah. All right, so let's get these festivities under the way with um, the number five pick. We're going from uh, least of the favorites to the most of the favorites of the five picks. Number one to the bat is King Ajar. Go ahead and hit us with your number five pick. All right, my number five entrance theme music of all time as it relates to wrestling is... Sky's the Limit, the theme for Sasha Day. We heard a little bit of it there just now. So, why? I mean, I know you, you um, Sasha Banks is one of your favorite uh, wrestling performers, but why the music? Because, I mean, you can have a favorite wrestling and music is trash, you know? Uh, well, uh, I, I've always liked it. I've always liked that theme song of hers from the first time I heard it in NXT. And, you know, I've been at, I guess you could say, some of her biggest matches. Like, I was at WrestleMania 32. She didn't win. I was also at Monday Night Raw in L.A. when she did win the title. And I just noticed how the crowd really bounces up and down to that theme song. And it's actually a catchy gym tune. So, like, if you're working out in the gym... It actually gets you in the mood. And if you look at the words for the song, it actually fits her story very well of somebody who kind of rose from the bottom to the top. So I just think it fits her kind of rags to riches story. And um, it's a catchy tune. It's a very catchy theme song. So of my five, that's the only one of the modern WWE that made the list. So the rest of my list is going to be more retro classic 
Yeah, and I, and I do agree because, like, anytime you know, just the opening, just dun, 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 I, I get law hyping everything because I know who's coming out. She's also one of my favorite female athletes of current, and um, it, it's it's just like you said, it's just catchy. It makes you want to move around. It makes you, I don't know what to do with my hands, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a it's just a very catchy theme song, and it it works for her character. Um, I think, though, the only thing I always had a problem with it is I don't think it suited her heel character. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very babyface theme song, but it just worked for her. I mean, when she came out with the Jeep, um, with the Escalade in Brooklyn, it just worked. Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, it's been part of some of the best entrances of all time. So, yeah, I mean, that's number five for me. And then I like the remix that uh, she, she did with, with that uh, Snoop Dogg did for her. That was really good. Yeah, I actually I think she should use that one. I actually think having Snoop rap her words all the time would be so much better, but I understand why they probably don't want to pay him yeah. all those royalties. But I mean we we know he he he's a fan too, so he might, you know you know, that's his kinfolk and you know, he loved the wrestling, so I mean he might cut him a deal. Who knows? But um Sasha Banks is a at the number five spot for Ajar. Who, what, what we got for number five for Mr. Anacelli? So my number five theme song of all time is CM Punk, This Fire Burns. Oh, that, that was his uh, OG theme. Yeah, yeah. See, I I like that one too because it was just like the yell at the beginning. Just, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I think the main I, reason I picked it is just because I think he can get anyone hyped. Like if you go back to when he won the title at Money in the Bank in 2011, when they were in Chicago, I felt like that was just the absolute perfect song for what was happening. Like with the match with Cena, and just like you said, I think it's another good workout song, and it's just. Everyone always got pumped when that song came out. He would always he was really good with pumping the crowd up with that. I think he was personally better with that theme than Cult of Personality. Yeah, you you're right about that. That was gonna be the point that I brought up as well. I I, I do enjoy the um, that fire this fire burns more than Cult of Personality. I, 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 I wish you would have kept it. I went I went to Money in the Bank. I was like eleventh row. Um I lived in Chicago for six years and I used to go to all the shows and I was actually there money in the bank when he won the title. And I don't think I've ever heard an arena louder for a wrestling event than when he came out, he sat in the ring and when he won the title. And um, it was the only time I could ever remember my wife saying, we got to go to that wrestling event because, you know, they were building up towards um, him and Cena mm-hmm. and then he got really hot. And I remember we bought the tickets off like, um, like eBay. Like we bought them off, sorry, not even eBay, Craigslist. Like we bought them. We met somebody at, at Giordano's and got them. But yeah, that was one of the all time great, uh, entrances. Yeah. I- yeah. And this, every, every, yeah, that's like when he won his titles. And I think that's when he was more hyped. And that was before I think he went with the whole, like, all right, now I want to make a lot of money and everything. And just with his character, like with the tattoos and everything, like that team just fit him. 
Yeah. And it didn't what I might be confused. I could be wrong, uh, you know, which is quite often. But um, wasn't that song slated for or didn't uh, Randy Orton have it at one time? Yep. Yep. Randy Orton. I think used it only a couple of times. I can't give you a number, but yeah, I remember seeing it. And that's the thing. That's why another reason I put it there was because of that comment right there. Because mm-hmm. when you watch it, like, it didn't fit Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. Like, at all. That was number did. five for Mr. Anacelli. So, we back to Ajar with his number four pick and what you got. Okay. So, my number four team of all time is <laughs> the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. And I think it's just called Money, Money, Money. <laughs> yeah, man. It's just that laugh at the beginning. That's what makes the whole song for me. It's like, <laughs> money, 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 money. I don't know why I'm singing it. You can hear it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, everybody, you just him ad living in the, you know, everybody's got a price. Everybody's got to pay. <laughs> But <laughs> I can remember. So, I like heels. Yeah. So I, I grew up liking heels. Like when I, you know, when I got into wrestling, my favorite wrestlers were Savage, Diviati, The Horseman. So when he had that theme music, it was just perfect and it was obnoxious. And I used to sing it all the time. And you know, I'd even like try to have one dollar bills and walk around like him. So <laughs> yeah, that I love that theme song. And I can just remember, um, what was it? Is uh, I forget what show it was. Oh, it's, yeah, it's the first time I seen uh, Dustin Rhodes. I think uh, Dusty was either in the ring performing or whatever, but he was uh, at ringside. And um, Million Dollar Man was doing what he normally do. Him and Virgil was going through the crowd, buying out the first couple rows of seats. They was handing people money, and they would just get out the seat. And um, they got to Dustin. And he tried to give him the money and he slapped his hand away and whatever. And they start fighting in the crowd, I believe. And that was like my introduction to Dustin Rhodes. It was. Yeah, that's exactly right. That goes, Goldust. Yeah, Goldust. In my opinion, one of the greatest intercontinental champions to, to wear that belt. Well, that could be another conversation for one day. Yeah, yeah, we, we'll, we'll save that. We, we might do a top five in the continental or United States title. We, we'll, we'll break it down one day, but we we talk about music right now. God damn it. Um, music, music. Nick, your thoughts on the um, Million Dollar Man's theme? Yeah, I like it. It's simple to the point and expresses his character. What about Virgil? You Anybody remember Virgil theme music? <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, not I really, do. honestly, it's not the truth. I, I have no clue what that sounds like. I'm gonna have to research. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's like a rocky type theme. It's like a rocky type theme. I was, I, I actually, I went to SummerSlam 1991 when I was with my dad in the states in New Jersey, and I saw like when he won the the million dollar belt. That got one of the loudest pops I've ever heard. Yeah, I, I I do remember that, and it was. I felt good that he won it because, like, he kept getting uh, beat up and screwed over, uh, you know, beforehand and everything. And to see him finally win it was uh, cool. And then, you know, Virgil was Virgil. And <laughs> nice. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, now, according to the Internet, he just kind of, like, sits there 
and um, they dubbed him the Lonely Virgil. He sits in uh, conventions and everything at his table by himself, which some of those shits is photoshopped. They just be fucking with that dude sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Number four for Mr. Anacelli. What we got? The true goat, Chris Jericho. Oh. Break the walls down. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is a good one. And it's just like any time, especially with him, because um, for a time he was like in and out of the company, you know, when he was focusing more on his music and everything, just to hear all that go off when he uh, made any kind of return or whatever was always cool. Always a huge pop every time. Now, but Jericho's just, that's the reason I consider the Jericho truly, like I, I know we all say everyone, but the reason I personally consider Jericho the greatest of all time, anywhere he goes, no matter what company he makes it work. Look what he's doing in New Japan right now, like painting his face and coming out to Judas, his own song. And it still fits him perfectly. He's, he's maybe the best wrestler ever at reinventing himself. He's done it so many different times. He did, you know, he had the first version, then he went away, he came back as like the Nick Bockwinkle Jericho, where he had the suit, used big words, and he came back again, and then he reinvented himself with Kevin Owens, Austin awesome in the same the manner. Rock. It was Triple H and The Rock. Yeah, Rock. The Rock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rock and Rock and Austin. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I mean, I watched uh, the I watched the unfra, the No Mercy ladder match with him and Shawn Michaels last night. Actually, from 08. Mm-hmm. That was such a great one of my favorite one of my favorite matches. It's probably my favorite Jericho match. I can't even tell He's you. He's just my... so good at being bad and so good at being good. <laughs> I think I think uh, he, uh, he turned the corner on me. Now, I mean, not, I'm not like saying in a bad way, but like um, when he added the uh, cold breaker to his arsenal, I thought that just kind of like upped his upped it for me as far as him being one of my favorite performers because he um kinda oh, yeah. fi- he kind of found a way to always try to work that move in there somewhere that's pr- that was pretty creative. Yeah, no, you're right. And then especially uh, watching him do it in New Japan, it looks even more vicious. I just because um I don't know the. If the, if they the talent over there just selling it different or whatever, but they sell it like death over there. I remember he had the match with a uh, evil most recently or whatever, and he just flew from like the middle of the ring and caught his ass, and it just looked beautiful as shit. I can't wait for him and I also. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> you make me giggle the yeah, way I said that. <laughs> yeah, I seen a little bit of the press conference, like some of the. Um, some of the steals or whatever. I haven't actually watched it yet. But yeah, he spit in his face that. and he flipped the table over. It was pretty cool. <laughs> and then he attacked him later that night with a steel chair in the ring. Oh yeah, I did see that. So we're at number three. We back to you, HR. What you, what you got? My number three theme music of all time is Just Hold Your Eyes by Sixteen. 
No, it's not. Thank God. No, it's not that one. It's, oh, thank God. It's the one. It's the one where he returned when he started in ECW. Oh, okay, yeah. And then he came back. Yeah, because I, you know, I'm from Toronto, so Christian Edge, you know, always two of my favorite wrestlers, and it was it was between his or Edge's. Like I didn't. I kind of went back and forth between those two, so I just picked Christian. Because everybody always picks Edge for everything, so I just picked Christian. Yeah, one of the uh, unsung heroes of the group. <laughs> and it just... Yeah, I always thought Christian was the better wrestler. I always thought he was the better wrestler, but he just didn't have the charisma of Edge. Yeah, and it's funny because he was uh, Captain Charisma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I like it because um, I listen to their podcast that they have together now, and, you know... Yeah, Christian is like the funniest out of the two, and I, I'm, I'm more, I gravitate more toward the comedy portion of uh, tag teams and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I, I listened to their podcast yesterday with Becky Lynch. D- yeah, let, let's talk about that. Do, did that seem more work promo type to you than a, just a regular interview? At some points, I mean. No, I think Becky's in, I think Becky's in character now all the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah. Think all of her interviews, are, she's the man. Like I think that's her her shtick. Like you could tell she's not. All her interviews after she got really over as the man, she is doing as the man. Mm-hmm. Like she's not. She's not Rebecca Quinn. She's doing all of her promos and all of her interviews as the man. You know, I'm gonna kill Ronda Rousey. She's a cash register, and I'm gonna kick her, and money's gonna fall out. Like, you know. I've worked hard. Nobody else has worked hard. Like everything she interviews is character, but I get why she's doing it because she's so hot and so over that she wants to keep that momentum going. Cause I mean, she's going to main event WrestleMania. Yeah. And we've, and we've been well, talking about it. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah. And it was a uh, crazy cause like I was listening to that interview and, and you're right. She is in character, but it was just like, it, it slipped back and forth between her and her character because it was like some points when she was telling like her journey to you know follow her dream and getting into wrestling and everything that was like more genuine and then when they would ask her a question as it pertained to you know the shows and whatnot that's when she would just kind of like snap back into it oh yes I'm I'm the best I'm the man I'm the forefront blah 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 blah, blah. so it was kind of like a blend between her and uh, you know what she was letting leak out as her, really her personality versus her character that she was playing on television. She is yeah. the man. Um, and she is the man. There is no, there is no doubt about it. Um, there's a company out of New York City called Private Hell, and they make these kind of weird wrestling shirts. Like it's like art. Like they draw the yeah, thing yeah. on the shirt. And I have one. I have the one of her where she's bleeding. You know the, yeah. the famous. Image of her. Oh yeah, I saw I saw that online. Yeah, I, I, ever since and that I, I seen that. Shirt. Yeah, ever since that picture came out, I've been t- retweeting it every time I seen it. And I wore it yesterday. Oh, and it was like, I had eight people ask me, literally, like, "A, who, you know, where'd you get that shirt? B, you know, how come WWE.com doesn't sell it and all that stuff?" And I'm like, I don't know why they don't sell it, but you know, you got to go to Private Hell NYC to get the shirt. But the fact that you know, like in rap. Yeah, the fact that she's in rap, they're talking about her rap songs, and even like all the MMA fighters are so into her. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, these are they, they these are real fighters, and they're into the whole man mm-hmm. shtick of hers, and they they're like cheering her over Ronda Rousey, 
it's kind of she needs remarkable. to win at me. She has to win yeah. at me. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, just like she needed, to, just like she needed to be Charlotte, she needed to, she needed that win. And if she um, is definitely going to main event a WrestleMania, which a lot of us think so, um, she definitely needs to win that as well. She's going to need that WrestleMania. I just think they're what they're going to probably try to squeeze in is they're going to figure out a way to make it Rousey versus her versus Charlotte. And I really think that the match that people really care about is her against Ronda Rousey. And I think Charlotte just needs to be in another feud. But they're probably going to throw her in there. I. I gotta be honest, like, Becky is so over that they should really attach the rocket to her and let her be the face of the company. Like, they shouldn't, they shouldn't second guess themselves or try to get Charlotte back in. Like, even tomorrow, I'm, I'm afraid she's gonna lose the belt. Yeah. Like, I think she is gonna lose the belt tomorrow. I, I think she is for a good reason. I think, I yeah. think Oscar's gonna win. I think Oscar's gonna win. And then her, they're going to do like a rematch on SmackDown or something. I'm hoping. And then Becky wins the Rumble. That's how she gets to Rousey. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's yeah, what it looks like. What I would do tomorrow. If I honestly want Becky to lose tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, if Becky loses and it's Asuka who wins, I don't think I care. But I think my fear is if Becky loses and Asuka doesn't get the title, then it goes back to Charlotte. Then I'm annoyed by that because that's just kind of. Like, from a storyline standpoint, it, Charlotte being in that match makes no sense. She lost a rematch. Mm-hmm. She lost to Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to win the Battle Royal, so she just got thrown in the match. And then if she wins the title, I guess, where do they go with her? Is she going to fight Asuka again at Mania? Because you would think if Becky gets in the Rumble, she's going to win the Rumble, she's going to choose Rousey as or maybe being Becky, being Becky as the man, she says, I'm going to fight both of you at WrestleMania. That, and, that'd be crazy. You know, she tries to fight both of them. But I think Ronda Rousey's going to push Charlotte off the ladder tomorrow and cost her. And I think Oscar's going to win the belt that way. Where Ronda Rousey's the one who cost Becky and Charlotte the title. And Oscar wins the belt that way. Because remember, it is a ladder match. So they don't have to actually take the pin. Mm-hmm. You know, and that yeah, I just... That that would be very in- interesting or whatever, because, I mean, you look at it as how you presented it to where, like, all right, uh, Charlotte and uh, Ronda had that match. And, you know, there was no resolve in that match because uh, Charlotte flipped her shit and started beating her up and everything. So, I mean, revenge. Then uh, just uh, Becky attacking her on Raw, uh, Ronda. And um, there was no no resolve in that, so revenge. I I can I can see that that that's that makes sense. But will WWE capitalize? <laughs> we'll find out next week. Next week on Monday Night Raw, brought to you by WWE yeah. Network. Well, you can get a free subscription if you sign up now, only for nine ninety nine. Hey, you should get that. You should you should get that promo. But you know, Monday they're gonna shake. They're gonna change the rosters again. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they use that phrase, "shake things up," and the only time that ha- they use that phrase is whenever they had um a superstar shake up or when uh NXT was yeah. announced uh officially the first time. You know, the game show didn't morphed into what it is now, and then um yeah, that was about it. So. Either a shakeup or an announcement of a new show or something crazy. <laughs> Lars Sullivan debut, maybe. Well, um, oh. 
I don't know. I think from the promos or whatever, because um, I think he said he, um something about TLC. So maybe he run in there and um beat shit up, and maybe a premiere on SmackDown or Raw the following nights. But- I'd be cool if he beat the shit out of Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles and got involved with that feud. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Interesting. But yeah. But still, I mean, it, it, we're getting off track here, gentlemen. We only on number three, and we're back to you, Nick. What what you got? I got a uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin from The Invasion Hour, 2001. Like I said, you really want to find it? Uh, you just got to go to WrestleMania 17. That was his entrance then. Now, I mean, I, I might have to go back and uh, listen to it because, I mean, I know what it sounds like, but it's not stuck into my forefront like um his original, like the OG theme or whatever. Yeah. The reason I like it is just, I guess, kind of like a punk one again. Like, it just comes off really well, and it's just like the words, and I don't know. I just like it. It's, it's a banger. It's a banger. It's fire. <laughs> Straight fire? That's the kids would say. That, that's what the kids are saying? <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> Are you familiar with that, HR? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what Steve is talking about. He's talking. It's like it's not the traditional glass break. That, uh, it's the one that has the, the kind of heavy metal edge to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's the only one he's ever had that has words in it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's, it's, it's kind of where I remember watching. You know, I ordered the pay per view for Mania 17 and I remember like just being kind of weirded out by it like what is this like because you were so excited about the glass breaking and you know because he's fighting the rock but I mean it was good I mean I I think when a character changes like goes from heel to face or vice versa they should change their music like I I feel like when if Cena ever goes heel he should go back to Pondonomics like he shouldn't have his song now but yeah, I you know that's an interesting one. I gotta go back and listen to that that song because I remember it for sure. I just don't remember it after Mania Seventeen. Cena, Cena announced that he's pretty much like kind of done wrestling. Uh, well, um, I, I heard that he's going to do house shows. Yeah, I, I, well, he's, not, he's only yeah only doing like I don't think he's gonna have anything this year to do with Mania. Maybe another chance. I don't see because he's starting. Filming a movie in the end of January, and I've also heard like um, more so of um, the uh, entertaining now of said hill turn that y'all were just talking about. He said um, he's not so much against it as he was before. You know, he pretty much said in an interview like he's a hundred percent ready now to pass on the torch. So what I wouldn't mind seeing is maybe because I think I think now that Roman's out, I think they're going to go with Rollins, which I, I hope so because I think Rollins is the man. I wouldn't mind seeing Rollins. No, 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 no. Becky is the man. Okay, well Becky's the man. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> but Rollins is going to be the face. As much as I would agree, it should be Becky. It's going to be Rollins. So maybe a Cena heel, Rollins face. Rollins. I think it'd be pretty good. Thought those two had some good matches together. Okay. Now, how would that look, though? A uh, 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 a quote unquote heel Cena, because I mean we've seen it before, and I ain't talking about the thugonomic stuff or whatever, but like 
the current iteration of John Cena, we have seen him as a heel because he has done some dickish shit as this current character. I just see him coming um, in, congratulating Rollins, hitting him with like the AA, and then like I think honestly, like you said, kind of just being a dick on the microphone. Pretty much saying, I think what he they could do if they were smart since Raw, if you notice the ratings have been terrible, Cena kind of gets cocky, like super cocky. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that before. Because, like, you know, I think when he was doing those open challenges, he was talking about how, you know, he, he was the standard bearer, you know, and yada, yada, yada. I mean, that's the era of cockiness. I mean, it's confident as well, but he was cocky with it. And then, he, you know, all the shit that he was saying to Roman Reigns in that exchange between those two, Cena was oh the heel God, to me. Yeah, Cena was the heel to me, you know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah, I, thought, I, thought, I thought he was. He and a that feud, though. Yeah, he did. He did. And I thought it was I think Cena is going to be a heel. He has to be like douche Batista. <laughs> like, he should come out in a suit. He should talk about how he's corporate. He hangs out in Hollywood. You know, the rock taught him that, you know, wrestling fans are losers. And, you know, that. You know, he got, you know, he, he, they should even put him with like a younger girl. Like, he should literally have Mandy Rose as his valet. Because it's like, oh, you know, I had Nikki Bella, but she's not that, she's, she's old. So I have to go younger, better looking. Like, I, I really think if they're going to go with that character for him, they should go all out. Like, he should literally have like a hotter version of Nikki Bella. And he should play it up to the hill. Like he should almost be a mix of Douche Batista and JBL, where he drives to the ring in like a limo or something like that. Like I, I really think that would be awesome because the fans are going to boo him anyway. Mm-hmm. I think that they, he should just go all the way with it and just, and then to your point, like set it up where Rollins beats him and then they do the stupid, you know, they do the handshake in the ring and Cena kind of rides off into the sunset, but. Um, yeah, I, I think Cena as a heel is very valuable. He can talk, he can put somebody, he, and he'll put you over. Like, that's the thing about Cena. He does not worry about taking the ball. Yeah. Yeah, like Kevin Owens. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Owens. I miss Kevin Owens. I miss him so much. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, because as much as, like, I think, what, I think how everyone feels about John Cena is, like, you hate watching him on TV, but when you go there, like, man, Cena's going to be here. But then you hear his music and you're like, you're saying John Cena sucks, but you have the biggest smile on your face because it's John Cena at the end of the day. But, like, think about it, though. Like, WWE was never this bad with Cena around. As much as everyone bitches about him, it was never this bad with him around. Well, you know why, right? Because the, cause okay. the fans are fickle. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think, I think what they did wrong, I think, like, I'm, like, I guess on a different side, no, really quick. I think what they did wrong with Reigns was, I think they tried controlling his promos too much. Mm-hmm. I think what they had to do is let Roman be the athlete he was. What I mean by that is, like, one of Roman's best promos, it's sad to say, is when he announced he had leukemia. <laughs> then, then, well, no, it was great. I, I understand. Then with Cena, when, when he was beefing with Cena, he had one where you could tell they kind of let the shackles off when he talked about the whole, oh, you got this golden shovel and all this other stuff and like saying, honestly saying bitch and all that a lot. Like, 
that was good. I think with Roman, they know his in his promo ability is not good, so they script him too much. I feel like personally, if you're scripted too much, you're gonna mess up. Unless you're like, yo, just go out there and like be passionate. You know what I mean? I think I think that's what they did wrong with Roman. Mm. He should have been a man of few Roman words anyway. Yeah, he can. Yeah. yeah. Number two. <laughs> Number two, what you got, Ajar? All right, my number two theme song of all time is. You know, man, that that is just like it's there, man. It's just is. Anytime you hear that, it doesn't matter if HBK is bald headed and his eye is wandering extra more than it needs to be. It's just you hear that music and you think about prime HBK or whatever, no matter what I just, <laughs> comes just down that ramp. And music, everyone around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. It, it just works for him. Also, I mean, you also got sexy Kurt out of it, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a sexy Kurt. I'll make your ankle hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then you got um, Booker T's rendition of it as well. He's a sexy book. What? Oh, yeah. You never heard I'm, that? Yeah, no, I have. I kind of, now you said Booker T, I low-key kind of wish he was on my countdown because I love it. Yeah, that's an, that's one that slept on. Yeah. But, but like, did you my- remember the, um, the OG version of this song to where it was a sensational Sherry singing all the yeah. words? Yep. Yeah, and I, I, I actually really like that one too, but him singing his own theme music was perfect for his character. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he was such a, I mean, he was a douche. Like, he was the most talented guy in the ring ever, maybe, but, you know, for that time period, we're talking like, what, 95 to 98 before he got the back injury. He was, like, the, he was the, the I don't even know how to put it. He was just the biggest dickhead, I mean, behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And it made perfect sense that he would sing his own music because he was so arrogant, so cocky, that it's almost like, well, nobody's good enough to sing my music but me, even though I can't really sing or dance. Yeah. But it was great. I mean, his music is, is awesome. But no, no it, uh, it, it really fucked me up. For, um, I've seen it, you know, when I was a kid. But um, Sensational Sherry was his um, ring valet and everything. And she did sing uh, his theme music for a while. And she would accompany to him to the ring. And I would remember, I remember this one particular match. I, I forget who it was against. I, this is the only thing that I remember of it. So, you know, they walk their way down to the ring. He get in the middle and he do his like his little pose and the bicep thing. And I think Sherry was uh, standing in front of him and he grabbed a handful of her hair and just whipped her ass down in front of the, uh, his li- in front of him to the mat and everything and she just kind of laid there and posed in front of him or whatever but he whipped the shit out of her head man and I was just like wow <laughs> <laughs> well, well her his original character with Sherry is um is a play off of Fabulous Moolah and I can't remember the guy but it's like she was slave girl and he was like the kind of the the handsome guy. It, it's like a combination of that and Macho Man and Elizabeth. How you know he's? I mean, remember how Macho Man used to treat Elizabeth when he was a bad guy? He would always put her in front of him. He would always like never let her talk. He would always cut her off. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole premise of that character. So 
you know, he, he talks about it on the DVD where, you know, he would say, I'm going to do this. And Cherry's like, no, it's just throw me down hard. Like, you got to sell it. And she was the one who would tell him, like, throw me down, like, really grab my hair. Because, I mean, Cherry's one of the toughest women Oh, yeah, ever. she's tough. She Cherry. was tough, yeah. I mean, so she, she, she would be the one who told him, like, hey, look, this is how I'm going to get you over. Because remember, at the time when she was his manager, she was the bigger star yeah. than he was. Yeah, because that, so that was kind of... Macho Man. She yep. was with Macho Man. She was with um, DiBiase. She was always, like, with the top heels. Yeah. And that was kind of like um, a reason for the um, the song change and everything. Because, like, when they had they split or whatever, he switched it up. Oh, she laughed. Yeah, she laughed. I mean, mm. that's what it was. She left, and they would have to pay her royalties for all the times they used the song. So... He just changed. He just changed. They changed. The words didn't really change. It was just. Yeah, just him doing it. But he. And then he lost smile. Yeah, but he whipped the shit out of her head, man. That shit was like, I I still remember that shit to this day. I was just like, ugh. And uh, before we move on to your number two, Nick, I'm going to full disclosure. I low key, not even low key. It was just like as that as in that era as a kid. I had a crush on Sensational Sherry and Luna for Sean. I just thought I had to throw uh, that out there. Uh, so I have to do this because you, you said her name, so I have to I have to tell the story. So Luna Vachon's dad is Mad Dog Vachon. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Mad Dog Vachon, WWE Hall of Famer. So I used to work for the American Red Cross, and in my center, I'm walking in the in my aisles and. I had an agent, and her name was Catherine. And she had all these pictures of Mad Dog Vashon on her desk. So me and another one of my team members who was a huge wrestling fan, we went up there and we were like, why do you have all these pictures of Mad Dog Vashon on your desk? Like, that's weird. That's a weird wrestler to have, right? Because nobody, most people don't even know who he is because he's from a different generation. And she's like, well, that's my husband. And, oh, wow. <laughs> So her husband was Mad Dog Deshaun, and she worked at the Red Cross so she could get health insurance for him because, you know, he was an independent contractor. WWE wrestlers don't get health insurance after they, they, they leave. They don't even have it when they're, when they're active. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how she got his insurance. And so when, you know, like, it was, it's a cool story. So, like, my, my team member, I left the Red Cross, but he ended up, um, being really good friends with her. And when Mad Dog Vashon died, um, he actually broke the story that Meltzer, everybody else took off Twitter because he, I mean, he knows the family, but he got word first that Mad Dog died. So like WWE reached out to him. Meltzer reached out to him. Like all the people who wanted the story reached out to him, my team member at the Red Cross if he had the scoop. And, um, you know, she would tell us all these stories about whenever the wrestlers would come to Omaha to wrestle, they would always go by the house. Um, you know, the famous incident where Diesel took his prosthetic leg off of him at, in your house and beat Michaels over the head with it. Mm-hmm. And that was his idea. If you go back and watch it on the network, you know, that was his idea. Mad Dog Vachon. So when you said Luna Vachon, I had to bring that story up. Amazing. We get a little bit of history and some behind the scenes stuff. That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, she would wear those uh that little onesie 
type outfit or whatever. I almost looked like a bathing suit. And I, I used to dig that because I was a little pervert as a kid. But anyway, number <laughs> two for you, Nick. What you got? <laughs> My number two is Triple H. Ah, the game. The game. Time to play the game. Now he had uh, he had a lot of freaking theme songs, man. Well, yeah, I know he had the Hunter Hurts Helmsley. Honestly, though, between the game and the one he had before the game, My Time, those were both really good. Mm-hmm. But then he has the the King of Kings one. But the reason I picked the game is just because I think that's one that's universally known, like whether you're a wrestling fan or not. Like how many? T- I bet you every single one of us wrestling fans. Or even some non wrestling fans have had the song playing and did the whole water out the mouth. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're all guilty of it. It's just, it's, it's happening. It's a thing. You just do it. But no, not just that, just because his song's so good and like he always times everything perfectly with it and he always has those, obviously he's going to get the best entrances because he's Triple H. But, you know, I mean, it's just, you hear. And I think it's especially with nowadays, you hear Triple H 90% of the time because I'm the King of Kings, but it's like, all right, like this is Triple H just coming out to talk. But then when you hear the game, it's like, it's oh, game shit, time. Like, it's like real. It's like game time. that. Yeah. It's game time, baby. And just because it's been around for so long. When was that he came back from the injury? Did he have that song then? No, nah, he had that before that. He got the game in either late 2000 or early 2001. Word. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, yeah, he already had that theme, but I know what you're talking about when he came back at Madison Square Garden yeah. in uh, 02, right before the Rumble that he won. He had the game, and like the whole place went nuts for it. Alright, before we move to your number one, HR, anything on um, the game? No, I think you know, all of his theme music, you could have made a top five of this, his song if you really wanted to. Um, King of Kings, the game and his original which was just the beat mm-hmm. and it didn't have any words um yeah i mean i i was gonna i was really gonna you know i was thinking of strongly of putting him in here but i feel like he had such an advantage over everybody else because he had motorhead actually do it for him yeah whereas like it's almost like you that's like a professional song <laughs> so <laughs> i you know i figured it would be, i figured somebody would put him on the list so i kind of took him off but no i love his theme music and i think he also has some of the best entrances of all time just coming out to the ring mm-hmm. all right well, let's roll with your number one all right <laughs> my number one oh hold on, here we go drum roll All-American boys, you didn't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here, here. Let me explain. So, mm-hmm. the song is the song is called "All American Boys." They're uh, a dude. They're a tag team from Quebec, Canada. And when they became heels, 
the the prasanna of them being healed was how they left Canada to go to Memphis, Tennessee, and but they did it in such a sarcastic manner where they waved little American flags, and in the song, okay, the words of the song, they're actually bashing the United States in French while they're singing all American boys, you know, and what they say was, they say, we can't stand them. They are the worst in the world. We like to make them angry when we say we love the USA. So it's brilliant because they're saying all American boys, but they're actually bashing America in the theme song in French while waving American flags. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy Hart actually sings the theme. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Hart was um, a creator of a lot of theme music. Yeah, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan music. Now, Nikki, if you haven't heard this thing or whatever, man, I I I, I need you to go ahead and look that up. <laughs> I know, I've I've heard it. Okay, yeah, because. Uh, I was like, what? I mean, you know what? I've listening to it. I know it was a once upon a time that I've, cause I'm look, there's a picture with the music right now. So I see the people and I'm like, all right, I know who they are. But I mean, it's just something I've never heard or never even referenced or thought about for years. So when he said, I was like, what the fuck are you saying right now? Uh. All right. Get, boy, <laughs> that's, that's a piece of nostalgia right there. Oh, yeah. All right. What you got for number one there, Nick? I wanted to try to guess. What do you think it is? Um, um, don't cry for me, Argentina. <laughs> number one. And I went from with, with this for multiple reasons. Simply the Undertaker. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. You have to go with the Undertaker. It's okay. I I, I won't I won't slander him uh, this edition because we talking about his theme music, which is some iconic shit and everything. But uh, yeah. every time you hear that song, it's like oh shit. Yeah, and and what's cool about it is just like um he's so well respected in um professional wrestling that like if you hear any professional wrestler talk about him like that's faced him or just um watched him perform they all say the same thing so i mean as soon as he makes the way down to the ring whatever they're just like in awe of the entrance they forgetting everything they're just thinking about the match and everything and all kind of stuff like that and it's just iconic <laughs> not like the twins the girls from australia but you, get you could Honestly, you could even throw in his limp biscuit rolling one in the top five because that that used to get the place going nuts too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he has the best entrances of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if the category was best entrances for a wrestler, I think he's number one, two, three, six, <laughs> all <and> of them. <laughs> like he ha- he has all of them because he's the only guy I can think of that when you saw him live, it was different. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen Hogan. I've, I've seen everybody. I've seen Savage. I've seen everybody. But Undertaker at his prime, when 
you know, the fire or the, the lights. When the lights would go dark, you knew who it was. Mm-hmm. And the crowd would go crazy, and then he just walks out, and it's just like the crowd loses its mind. I mean, he is—he's not only—he not only has the best entrances ever. You can make the argument he is the best character of all time. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, like, I just see it. Yeah, his his entrances when he comes out every once in a while on Raw are better than some people's WrestleMania. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and I agree. I mean, like, like he, oh man, he he. He's like the best character Vince McMahon ever created because he stole the Hulk Hogan concept from AWA and Austin kind of became, he was just himself turned up. Mm-hmm. But the Undertaker as a character, like he's a, he's a, he's a more, he's like a Undertaker who works at a more, you know, at a funeral parlor who became one of the biggest baby faces of all time. Like, just think about that, right? He wears the black hat. He has a black trench. He used to put people in a body bag. Yep. And that guy became, you know, it's not the number one all-time character. He's like on your Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. He has to be. Because yep. he also, as a big man, revolutionized how they work. So. Hell yeah, so jumping off the top of shit. You can't, you can't go wrong with the Undertaker. Like in anything, you can't. Like even his promos are underrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything he does just great. <laughs> all right. So I mean, we've counted it down uh, all the way up to number one. So I mean, gents, I appreciate you giving me your time and uh, sharing with me your your top five picks from your favorite. Uh, wrestling theme songs of all time. Um, I got a quick five that I'm gonna breeze through real quick. I'm not gonna we're not gonna break it down like how we did these guys or whatever. But um, I'm staying with the more modern era of uh, WWE music and um, just um, from other theme songs that I've heard uh, throughout uh, professional wrestling. So um, I'm gonna go in no particular order. I'm digging uh Drew McIntyre. Uh, yeah. Andrade seeing almost. Um, I like e. I like e. I like uh Johnny Gargano's. And uh, yeah, who else? Um, is another one that that really gets me going. Oh, Shinsuke's the original and the remix. I count those as one. And but my number one out of you know all the current ones and everything, it just gets me pumped. Is uh Alistair Black? Yes, hands down. Yeah, thank you. I was gonna say besides Alistair, modern day ones. I do like Baron Corbin. Yeah, his is good as well. No, but I like Ricochet's. You know what? 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 Um, before we t- tail out of here, a lot of the modern ones, the NXT ones, especially. Um, they have a lot of the same tropes in them. A lot of them are starting to kind of resurface throughout the other people's theme song because, like, a lot of them had that same voice at the beginning. Like, Ricochet has one and only. And then the other guy has a shock the system. And then another motherfucker got some that guy doing that same exact voice just saying different words. And they need to cut that shit out. They need that. It's not, it doesn't need to be in the songs. And then, uh, other two NXT ones. I like really quick. I like Matt Riddles. I like. I think Matt Riddles is going to be the man. Yeah, RV, the whole bro thing is hysterical. RVD two point oh. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or should I say, or should I say RVD two point bro? <laughs> I like the uh, water rated just because they were dead. They weren't dancing, but like when they were waving their hands, just going war, war, war. Yeah. So, so simple. I like the undisputed theme. I really do like the undisputed theme. If you talk about NXT, shock the system. Man, that's like that's that. that is a uh, NWO light. Uh, you know that's what that is. Hollywood Hogan's right. <laughs> right. And they do the guitar, and he strung he strings on the guitar. But those are the four, like to me, they're the closest thing to the Horsemen we've ever seen. Yeah, they, they they're doing good things. I mean, they they, they are yeah. literally taking over NXT. Just like because uh, Ricochet, yeah. Velveteen, Alistair Black, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano. I mean, I feel like they're a part of the show, but anything that are not those people that I just named is is all fucking. Uh, undisputed era. You know, it's just the show revolves around them. What do you guys? What do you guys think of all these new XT signs? Though, like Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, Punishment Martinez. Um, I'm they're all new to me. Um, I almost seen Punishment Martinez kill himself at the Supercard of Honor show that <laughs> was a WrestleMania weekend. So I, I kind of dig him and whatnot, but. Keith Lee. Yeah, I don't know much about Keith Lee. I don't see. I hope he goes far, mm-hmm. but I don't know how far. I don't even know how far Matt Riddle will get, honestly. Yeah, but that remains I, to be I, seen. I'm gonna be honest. I think, I think Matt Riddle is going to main event WrestleMania in two years. That's my prediction. Ooh, we got that audio. We got I, that documented. I, 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 I do. Do you see the Matt Riddle Brock Lesnar match actually happening? I do. Yeah, I do. I actually think that that's going to happen. Like, I can totally see. Vince, because look at Matt Riddle. I mean, he he has the body Vince like. He's tall. He has a he has that toughness background. The only thing that kept Matt Riddle from the WWE was his weed, all the weed charges he had when he was a UFC fighter. But once New Japan wanted him, and once you know other promotions wanted him, then Vince Triple H was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna take him." I I think Matt Riddle is gonna be one of the biggest stars in the in in the world. Um, Keith Lee, I. I gotta be honest, I just don't see Vince ever pushing somebody who looks like him. I hate to say it, but... He looks old as shit. I just don't... Yeah, he is, but he, he's phenomenal in the ring. I mean, his yeah. Riddle have had some great matches. Oh, yeah, he is. He's great in PWG. But in, in PWG, but it's just... I don't... I still think, like, Drew McIntyre, that's a Vince McMahon guy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's gonna be the fate. Like, I can see Vince, uh, Drew McIntyre against Matt Riddle yeah. at a WrestleMania. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was saying with the way they push, the way they're pushing and promoting the product, it kind of feels like the women are the bigger priority than the men now. And I'm not, I'm, I have nothing against that. Maybe. No, I think it's great, but I'm saying like, I, I think we could be on a string of the women are the main event every year of WrestleMania. Like, I think after, you know, Becky, you know, I still think one day the four horsewomen will main event a fatal four-way at WrestleMania. Like, I still think that match will happen as a main event at WrestleMania. If, you know, because if, if they ever go horsewomen versus horsewomen, that would main event as well. So, I think that they have enough women on the roster that they 
can keep the momentum going. But I don't know. I mean, you got to start heating some of the other women up. Like you can't, you just can't turn them off and on. Like Becky was kind of a fluky thing. Mm-hmm. Like she turned on Charlotte to become a heel. The crowd went crazy for her. And then, you know, she became the hottest thing because of her, of her promos, mm-hmm. because of her podcast interviews. Like when she, I don't know if you guys ever heard her podcast with Gorilla Position where she's like, is it because I'm not blonde enough? Is it because I don't have enough enhancements? Like that to me got her so over because she was literally speaking for all the wrestling fans on Twitter mm-hmm. who have been saying that for like years. Yeah, and then like and, you know, th- those those things are starting to be the crux of a lot of good promos. All the things that you see wrestling fans complain about on the internet, all the things that we might complain about are being, you know, said on national television, whether it's been Cena who's done that before, you know, where he did it in a joking manner or he was trying to be serious with it. Uh Rollins doing it here most recently. Becky Lynch doing yeah, what she's been doing. I mean, the Miz you know, always doing it. So I mean, that those things makes for good promos, but whatever. Now wait, let me ask. Which on my NXT really quick. Do you see them? Like, do you see Ricochet being a Vince McMahon guy? Mm. I I don't, but I kind of feel like he might be Rey Mysterio, where it's just undeniable, and at some point you just have like Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Vince is not a big, I mean, he's never been a big flip guy. I mean, I, I can't remember the interview, but he's like, I don't know if people know the story about the women's revolution or evolution and why Vince went in a different direction. It wasn't that stupid hashtag to give Divas a chance. He no. sat at NXT San Jose with Triple H, never saw an NXT woman's match. And he saw Charlotte and Sasha tear the house down. And they just had a, it's on YouTube. They had a classic wrestling match. Like they weren't doing, like Sasha was the heel, but she wasn't doing any of her like jumping off the ropes and stuff. And Vince looked at Triple H and said, this is my WrestleMania women's match next year. And that's what actually got him to like the women's product is the way they were wrestling where they were just doing counter holds and wrist locks and stuff like that. Like, not the flip stuff. So I just don't see him ever embracing a ricochet. Or, like, he could have done so much with Matt Bourne or, you know, Evan Bourne. Mm-hmm. But he never did. You know, I I just think that's not Vince. Yeah. You know, I, I would love to see Ricochet main event. And then I, it- I agree. I, I agree. You can't deny him. But, I mean, Vince has denied a lot of people. Like, if somebody told me three years ago, or in 20, even in 2016, if somebody came up to me and said, hey, Tasha and Baylor are going to be on the pre-show. I'd have never believed you. I'd have never believed you two years ago. But it happened. That's cool. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, Vince is Vince. He's a weird guy. I mean, he loves Becky now, but how long did it take for Becky to finally get to break through? Like, it was Alexa, Charlotte, Charlotte, What you're saying makes a lot of sense, especially if you said Charlotte and Sasha, because... Even when they're not in the title picture, they're still on TV every single week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they are. That's the one thing I, I, even though I don't think she's booked Sasha properly, she's on TV every week. Regardless of how useless the segment is, she's mm. on TV every week. And sometimes I'm like, it almost hurts her. Like, it would be good to take her off for a couple of weeks to, to heat her back up. But like, 
she is a meaningless segment after meaningless segment just because she pops a quarter hour and you know he likes he likes i think she tells the story he likes how she wrestles he just doesn't like her daredevil like he's just not a fan of how many risks she takes but he wants her to like just be a chain wrestler, like a mat wrestler. The only, th- the but, the one thing that Sasha Banks should never ever do, you know, I, I have no qualms with her moveset, but the one thing she needs to cut the fuck out of her shit is them goddamn suicide dives. She need to cut that shit completely out because you either land on the face, she land on somebody's knees and can probably hyperextend them shit, so she just fucking completely miss, you know? <laughs> so, the one with Oscar was, like, the spot would have looked great if she if she got it clean but when she hit the rope and Asuka like had to kick her in the face it just looked like twice as bad because you know you have a person diving through the rope who hits the rope trips in an uncoordinated manner and then gets kicked in the head it looked it looked like dangerously bad not like cool bad it looked like oh wait is she dead Mm -hmm. and I think I actually think you know that move, and I think she needs to take the Meteora off, because she almost killed the Singh brother. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go back and watch Raw, because the Singh brothers were so short, and she had such a vertical for being so small, she he, she hit him right in the nose. Like, and, I'm surprised he didn't get a concussion. And that's another thing. And, the, the, Singh, know, the Singh brothers need to chill out. They need yeah, to chill yeah, they're, they're out. Did yeah. you see how Brock yeah, one of them just one of just holding him in the air like if I was holding like my twenty pound cousin. Yeah, he was just casually holding them, and then one. I think he realized though after that first one, he did fuck that dude up. Yeah, the first one, and, and he that, landed right on yeah. back. I think Brock for once was like, "Wow, I'm a lot stronger than I think." Yeah, and that and that's the thing too is just like one of them that just came back was just like learning how to walk again because he fucked himself up. So. <laughs> And then Barack Lesnar. But uh, let's go ahead and wrap this thing. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Rob. I was going to say, yeah, thank you, gentlemen, for uh, taking the time to invite me to the show. Uh, Hopefully, we should do it again with the Intercontinental title or one of the other categories we want to come up with. But I enjoyed this. Yeah, I, I, Definitely I did too. Yeah, we, we'll do the Intercontinental next time we um get together and record. I'll tell you number one now, Jericho. <laughs> All right, he cheated. He cheated. Cheater. <laughs> but um, on behalf of myself, Nick Anacelli and King Ajar, we bid you a fine adieu and uh, bye. <laughs>